0: Happy 2021, everyone. (laughs) I cannot be the only person in the world that is finding that a difficult phrase to state with confidence. Seeing as this past year, 2020 has been one of the vicious years that most of us have seen on a global, international and wide scale. Obviously, you know, we don't know individuals' lives and how difficult that they've been throughout it. And I have seen a lot of posts or people talking about how they've had the best year that they've had in a long time. And if that's you, then freaking go you because that is a a level of experience that that you are high functioning this year. Um, But I say happy 2021 in the most positive and hopeful light moving forward Um, because this world has been so ugly that it's like, we, how can, how can one, how can we not try and have that hopefulness? So, and that's something that I really admire about new years is this strange hope uh, that things change or It's almost like a naiveness to it that I really enjoy about New Year's, um, that we think that because the calendar gets set back, that something changes within us. And in a sense, if you believe in it enough, and if you meditate on it enough, and if you spiritually practice the understandings of letting go and starting new and these ideas of rebirth, then this can be a transformative you know, couple of days or days or night for some people. My stepmother is a psychologist and very spiritual and just an all-around beautiful individual that I trust with so many parts of me, of my of my soul and my, my health mentally and physically. Um, and she taught me um, a spiritual practice to do over New Year's. And even though This episode of this podcast will be airing after um, New Year's. This is still a thing that one can practice. But she suggested that I write a letter to myself saying, pretty much being very honest and saying the things that I did not like about the year and things that I didn't enjoy about the year in the context of things that I actually had control of. So. Or that I actually influenced and affected. Because it's like, oh, I didn't like that we went into a pandemic. That's not something I control necessarily. But it can control how you feel about these things that happen. So the practice is in being honest with yourself. And this isn't in a negative way where you're this negative self-talk. Like, you know, you were so stupid because you couldn't get up and be as productive and create like all of your peers were. You know, you couldn't stick to the the 30 day workout challenges at home or you couldn't continue a healthy eating schedule because we have to remember that our bodies are experiencing this trauma, a consistent trauma, whether it's through auditory learning, where we're hearing about how the earth is set on fire pretty much literally in some parts of the world and visually by seeing I mean, civil unrest and seeing groups of people just hate one another just out of pure existence. And that can have a lot of effect on our experiences and our bodies and our mental well-being. We have to be honest with ourselves. So she suggested that I write these things that I didn't enjoy about what happened and then talk about the things that I wanted to change going forward how did I want to how did I want to grow what do I feel like I want to learn or learn from or feel like I have learned and you know and this could look in, in so many different ways to different people so pretty much you write this letter you can either do it the night of New year's or the, excuse me let me say at least the night that you write it Or you can meditate on those thoughts during the night and put those to rest, literally and figuratively, wake up the next day and burn the letter. I feel it's important to add that handwriting this letter is a, it helps with the connection between physical and spiritual realm by physically writing the letter. You know, it connects your body to the act of doing it. Um, A lot of yoga practices feel the same way. It's a meditative thing. Um, to handwrite it. And yeah, you go to a safe place or you put it in maybe like a, a trash can that you know could withstand that level of heat and you just burn it. There's something so soothing about the cleansing that fire brings. And as you watch this letter burn, you reflect on the emotions of writing it. It just really helps for you to grow. And I really enjoy that practice because for people that know me in real life, I have a a tattoo of a phoenix on my left arm, on like my bicep. And the reason for that is because I believe in rebirth and I believe that we can be reborn in the same places that we have found our soul to almost die from. And that cleansing from that fire, that rising from those ashes is such a beautiful metaphor for what we are able to do with ourselves on a daily basis. So I really enjoy that practice. And I encourage anyone listening now to maybe practice that themselves or just, you know, even if you don't want to set it, you know, even if you don't want to light fire to it and destroy it. I should add that she did say to suggest, and again, this isn't another layer to it that you don't have to do, but handwrite it, make a copy of it, burn the original and keep the copy. Maybe to reflect on it, you know, in a year or what have you, but if you prefer to not completely let go of your writings uh, and for people that journal, often this might be something for you because I've, I've noticed it's a big thing when I go back in my journals and I see what I felt then compared to what I feel now, if it even has changed, if I have progressed or if I spoke on certain things that I felt I wanted to do. And if I have have I done them, do I feel the same way? Do I think the same way? Which is a beautiful thing about journaling is another step past just letting things out. You know, you're you have this record that you could go back to. So... Originally, the first episode of this podcast was supposed to air on the first of January, first day out of the year, and I chose that because I wanted it to to kickstart on the first of of uh, first of the year, first day of the year. That just did not happen, as we can see it being. The 8th of January, which was not my original plan, but then again, I started thinking about it a little bit after I pulled myself out of the, hey, Mel, you're about to negative self-talk. And I was like, well, what better thing to speak on the first episode than the uncertainty of anything, really? And how you can plan for something and you can take all of the actions and precautions and steps and planning to get to this goal, and something can still jump in your way. And for me, it was my lack of understanding. First of all, lack of understanding of how to start a podcast in the technical sense. And, you know, I had done. The research to where I felt comfortable on understanding it, but long story short, something happened with audio files, and I couldn't convert them to where I needed to convert them so I can edit them in my editing software that I'm choosing to do this on. And I spent what was supposed to be my day of editing, which was the day before the new year, I was going to sit down and I was just going to edit, and and admittedly that that is an accountability on my part of kind of underestimating what goes into something like this. Now that I'm understanding a better way of how to do it, it becomes a lot more simple. But because I kind of was like, oh, I got this stuff recorded and then I'll just edit it and then I'll just stream it. It was just like a quick ABC in my head. And then it was the first step was like, okay, I recorded everything. Great. That went what I would consider to be well. And I'm like, all right, now let me, the day that I edit it, I'm just going to transfer everything to my computer because I didn't record, I like recorded on my phone. That didn't work out because of all these reasons that essentially don't matter. And I pretty much lost an hour of me talking to myself. And then I had you know I had some issues with with my speakers right now, so it's like I even when I did get the files onto my computer, I couldn't hear them properly, and it was this whole thing, which again doesn't matter really and there was a moment where I was listening to what I did record kind of over and over again, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's what I sound like <laughs> uh." Why do I sound like this? Like, it was just such a, I mean, it's always weird to hear yourself speak. So this whole new experience for myself, I feel like I'm going to learn a lot about myself. And hopefully through this journey, whoever is listening, you can learn something about yourselves too. And isn't that the, you know, one of the main points in life? Excuse me, I had to take a sip of my CBD infused tea brought to you by my lovely friend Jared gave me a CBD because it was peppermint and he found out he was allergic to it. And that was a come up on my part. So now I have put CBD in my in my tea and I really enjoy it. So this podcast is brought to you by peppermint CBD in your tea. Rhyming, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the title of my podcast is uh, "The Unaccompanied Adults," and that is the title of it because that is essentially what I am. I in this state in my life, especially because I have graduated from University of Florida. Go Gators! And I am now really pushed into the real world. I have, you know, my, I have my own apartment. God bless that, especially because I got my own apartment in, you know, the middle of this pandemic. And that was such, and is still such an unbelievable blessing. Having shelter in general is an unbelievable blessing. And right now in this world where, People and families getting tossed into the streets in such, first of all, remarkable numbers and in this unforgivable manner that is just absolutely, it leaves this pit in my stomach that I I will speak on in a future episode when I speak more on the pandemic and its effects on us as individuals and as a society, and and so forth. I'll speak more about it there. But even prior to the pandemic, the rise in homelessness in this country, in this world, but even in this country that thrives off of this odd morale of like everything, everything is great here and everybody's happy here in the American dream, and it's just a whole crock of bullshit. I should also preface this, that considering being an unaccompanied adult, there will be cursing, there will be swearing, and there will be a lot of concepts that I will unapologetically as well as maybe in hindsight, apologetically comment on, and that's just how the cookie crumbles, because if you know me, I, I, I mean, I do give a shit about a lot of things, but When it comes to how I feel about certain things and when I feel strong enough about them, I'm going to say my piece. (laughs) Sips tea. Yeah, so I graduated, got my own apartment. Well, I got my own apartment first. Graduated and was spewed out into a world that I never could have imagined. Especially having my degree in dance. The performance world, does not and will not look remotely as it has while I have been studying, as well as how I've always known it to be a world that in our studies we never imagined how we would have to fit into this distanced, masked society full of the, the, it. The performance world, the theater world, the dance world, it won't look the same. And I mean, dance and the arts has always reflected the times in which it was created or developed. And the uncertainty of what the world will look like makes me wonder what dance is going to look like. What is my career going to look like? How how do I fit in? Where do I fit in? Where do my skills set? Where where do my skills and my skill set? Where do I go from here? And essentially, it's just been. And I try to explain this to to any to anybody that asks, really, but especially my mother because I know that, I and mean, she just wants to know. She just wants what's best for me and so she wants to be in the know about my how my career is going. And I have to remind her like I, I there's only so much I can do because the plans that I had don't mean anything. They don't, don't mean much of anything and it, at least let me not downplay it as much. They can't be in full effect for a while because the world, especially our country, is not taking what is going on seriously i mean i have a good friend we were having a a conversation and he he's an acting student and we were talking about the you know the pandemic and the level of selfishness within in people and how he's not in new york purely because of this like he's not starting his career in new york because of this pandemic and i know some people that they did move to new york and are still planning on going there but they You know, but some people have moved there and not exactly been able to pursue everything that they have been wanting to to the extent in which they would have liked. We have had to find these moments of accommodation within ourselves. I I can speak confidently for myself, and I feel like I can speak for some of my other peers when I say that there's a level of grief that goes behind this such an intense career change, especially in being in the arts, which is filled with passion, and it has to be filled with passion because the arts exist now in a world that does that flat out does not take it seriously. People will pay hundreds of dollars to to watch the Rockettes. Or any production on Broadway and musicals and plays, or they get really excited by these performances and these shows that happen on cruise ships, for instance, or or even just watching things like So You Think You Can Dance or Dancing with the Stars, or you know, people like going to museums and seeing or, or seeing these beautiful sculptures, or but they don't. When it comes to meeting somebody that says, "Hi, I would like to study on how to get there," they go, "Oh no, 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 no! You need to get a real job, or you need to find a real career." How does how do how can? That's one thing that fascinates me about the arts and its role in this world and in this current society is that people enjoy it so much, and they don't realize how much they enjoy it, and they don't take into account the skills that need to go into somebody being able to produce something at that level so that they can pay all of their money so that they can enjoy it and so they can be entertained by it. Or you know, they have you know, people are so in they love going to the movies, but once they their their son wants to be an actor, they're like, Oh no, you should be a doctor or you should be um an engineer. And this is nothing against people in those professions. It's just those professions are so heightened essentially. It began around like Around the industrial revolution, where everything was so centered on math and sciences, and that became the forefront of what an education would primarily was. And that's why still so today, even in elementary, all the way down to elementary school, they're they're stripping arts from that's the first thing that goes is the arts. Without understanding how imperative it is to the development of children. To be able to express themselves through something as simple as paintings, as music, as dance, as singing. But my point here being is that what the fuck does the world look like right now? Why does it look like how it does? How can we cope? How can we manage? And it is okay to say I don't know oh, what are your plans for after you graduate? And anybody listening now that's about to graduate or recently graduated, like take this advice or wipe your ass with it, whatever it is. But do not hesitate or do not fear, I should say, the statement or the answer, the phrase, I don't know. It is okay to not know. Because what you do know in that moment you are acknowledging the fact that you do not have information and that's okay that is a level of self-awareness that i feel like a lot of people are too 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 prideful to admit i don't i don't know especially when it comes to like what we're supposed to do with our lives because we're told from a very young age you know, from an age where we don't even understand. And and this is especially, I'll speak on this in my own memories, like just wanting to be a kid and being surrounded by adults that were going, what do you want to do when you get older? What do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to do when you get older? You know, strange irony. There's were also the same people that were going, oh, being a kid. Is going to be the best years of your life. Being in high school, these are the best four years. Being in college, these are the best four years. But then they pushed so much for the future that you couldn't even enjoy the now. But they're saying, "Worry about the future, but enjoy the now. Work towards the future, but enjoy right now." How do you? How, and how does somebody that just is trying to figure out how to how to just purely develop naturally as a human being, and then being told all of these things? I mean, that's it's a difficult experience to have, and it still is affecting us. Throughout high school and throughout college where it's like, what's your plan? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to get there? When are you going to get there? And it's okay to slow down. That is the thing that causes burnout so early within, in, in, within children and with new adults that still feel and are still developed emotionally and mentally as children because they haven't been given the proper environment to develop in 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 a functional way. And this is one of the biggest things I learned about in college was how much of a not big fucking deal it is. And maybe it's just because maybe it's because of my field that I would never take back going to university and studying what I studied because the opportunities that were there for me and the way I was able to develop my skills and my knowledge and my intuitions and my intelligence. And I learned so much. I would never take that back. But in some senses, that shit's for the birds. And then you end up in an unhealthy amount of debt before you can even solidify a career. An actual career, and now with people being more self-aware of their own mental health and the states of their well-being, start to our souls, our spirits begin to have conversations with our with with itself, and saying like, "This isn't what I really want," or "This isn't how I dreamed of this being." We're so busy focused on staying in. In, in, in the library till three o'clock in the morning to study for that one exam that will that for that class that we paid hundreds of dollars for and we don't even have the opportunity to do, to live and to exist. And then another thing about college is that the idea of living life to the fullest is going out and drowning yourself in alcohol. If you're not studying, you're out drinking and you're literally impeding your own progress. It's just a fascinating dichotomy of an experience. Again, Zip's tea. So anyway, my main point as I reel myself in from rambling, it's okay to not know what your plan is. It's okay to not know what the outcome of a decision you make is going to be or what your next step after the first five steps are going to be. If what I feel is the most important thing, and at least this is in my own life, and I tell people when they say like, "Oh, where do you, you know, what what do you want your career to be?" I'm like, you know what? I don't know what job title I'm going to hold. Like, what profe- Like, oh, I want to be a blah 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 blah. I don't know what title that's going to be, and I don't care about titles to worry about doing the things I need to do so I can fit into this box of, a, of, a, of an occupation. No. What I do know is that whatever I do, whatever job I hold, whatever career I hold, I know that I want to help people. I want to feel fulfilled in what I'm doing. I want to help people grow and progress I want to feel like what I'm doing isn't work. And that kind of goes back to that cliche of like, if you love what you're doing, you'll you'll never work a day in your life. And that's in a watered down version how I would like to feel. I don't want to feel like it's work. And I don't want to feel like I am doing a job solely for a paycheck, solely for money. That does not money does not feed my soul. And that is almost to a downfall because I have issues with financial stability and I should say financial discipline. Because I think to myself, like, okay, my bills are paid, I'm making enough money. Okay, but what, like, what am I, what is, what does my soul want? And I don't think our souls and our spirits want money, something that was man made and physical. And honestly, the, you know, another cliche the root of most evil. I won't say it's the root of all evil because there's definitely more roots to evil. But that's not my something that drives me in the slightest. So that was another thing with starting this podcast that I was like, okay, wh- what is this going to look like? Like, what am I going to, what is this podcast going to be about? And I got asked that a lot. I know what the things I want to say, the things I want to speak on. And that's why, again, the title, The Unaccompanied Adult, it's, it's the best of an umbrella term of just speaking on experiences of my experiences as an adult in my entering my later 20s, the later half of my 20s. And doing so in a way that holds that I'm worried about saying the wrong thing or I need to say the right thing or I need to speak on specific things or whatever. I just feel like I had something to say and I would just like to say it. And I want to speak on topics that we are universally experiencing or maybe not universally experiencing. So it's difficult to have an overarching theme to it. Purely in essence. And it, this is a creative discovery. It's a creative process. And if there's one thing I have definitely learned throughout life is to, well, trust in the universe or God or yourself, whichever way you feel religiously or non-religiously. And trust the process. Trust the, the development of it all. And that's all that we can do in life, actually, is just trust that the choices that we make or don't make will lead us to where we need to be, where we deserve to be. And if that's at a place where you feel like you're unhappy, well, what decisions have led you there what is that telling you about what level what's what state of the process you're in what do you need to change what do you need to shift I don't know okay that's good that you don't know I mean do any of us know what we're doing I don't (laughs) I know what my intentions are but I Again, I feel like even it's on a grand scale. Is okay to go, I don't know what I'm doing. What is going on? Because what the fuck was this year? A whole mess of ever since March happened, we have been in an, I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. I don't know if I'm going to get sick. I don't know if my family's going to get sick. Oh, my, my family member did get sick. I don't know if they're going to, what's going to, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And it's okay to handle everything day by day and be forgiving and handle your own experiences with compassion as much as you handle experiences with others, with compassion, with understanding, with forgiveness, concepts that this world is lacking. I mean, lacking immensely. And it's so easy to look unto the world around us and say, oh, this world is so ugly. Oh this world is t- this world needs this, this world needs this, this world t- okay, start off with you. That is the one thing that you can change for sure, for certain. If somebody was to ask me, what do you think this world needs more of? And I said, which I do believe, compassion. I believe that this world needs more compassion. okay, that's great. Now, and this is me, I guess, talking to myself, Mel, honey, do you yourself feel confident in making the statement that you also practice compassion with others and with yourself? And whether I can confidently say yes or no says a lot about how I really do feel that the world needs to change because it starts with us individually, our choices. And we have the ability to, go. these these, these concepts don't cost anything. They're just conscious choices to give care unto others or to not be so hard on ourselves when we don't perform at this high-functioning level that we feel the rest of the world is, which isn't necessarily true either. You know, at the beginning of this pandemic, when we went into lockdown, I was... I mean, the only connection we had to other people was obviously through Zoom calls and through social media. And people were producing, were creating, you know, my peers were creating at, like, I love background noises of garbage trucks. (laughs) (laughs) See, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so I saw a lot of my peers creating so much, and they they transitioned to dance on film and understanding how to edit. And I was so bereft. <laughs> I think it's the right word. Google if you know anything about me. Once once I realize I don't know something, I want to know it, especially. Especially when it comes to like a new word, I'm like, "Oh, what's the definition of that?" You or lacking? Yes, okay, I did it. <laughs> Woohoo! Points for me. Um, I was so bereft with. <laughs> now I'm not sure if I'm using it right. Anyway. I was so overwhelmed and bereft that. I I I had the most. I was riddled with anxiety, and I've had I've had issues with with anxiety before, and depression even more intensely. Um, and on conversations of mental health itself, we'll speak more on that. But I could not find it within myself to perform at the same frequencies that people seemed to be doing. And I say seemed to be doing because we don't actually know. We we only know what people are allowing us to see on social media. And a lot of people don't show the uglier sides. Or if they do, they only go to maybe Twitter to talk about how angsty they are, or they only go to their Finsta. <laughs> Finsta to air out about all of these personal things but when it comes to like the main account where they have their most followers or over Facebook where you know they have family and friends they're just like look at all of my accomplishments and look at what I have done and look at what I'm creating and look at my life and look at it and look at it and look at it, and look at it in awe and look at it some more it's like when well, that's good that's great that's great too That is completely valid too I'm just speaking in the context of my experience with that, where I'm going. Oh my god, I'm failing. Oh my god, I'm like, what a what a shriveled human being I am. What it like, how am I? I can't even. It's hard to get out of bed. It was hard to take a shower. And anybody that has experienced any form of a depressive episode, or is battling with depression now, or or what, or all of the ways in between, the simplest of tasks are the biggest hurdles. And I say that because on paper or at face value, something as simple as getting out of bed or taking a shower or eating, a basic human necessity becomes so difficult. And once you compare or once one compares the level of difficulty that one is having with that task, to the understanding of the level of simplicity and little work that that task involves, that comparison or that contrast, whichever one, can create. And it was this was from my own like this is how I was feeling was creating such a a deeper. It was diving me deeper into my depression and to my anxiety because I was going. Mel, just go eat. Melan, just go. Turn on the water. Step inside. I'll take off my clothes and step in. And step inside. I have been showering all of my life. I have been eating all of my life, and that's something that I think might happen subconsciously within people with with these these mental health issues, these mental illnesses, especially when they're paired together. Is like you're looking at. It's like it's like this feeling of looking at two plus two, and you just get that it equals four, or if you see that it equals four, you don't understand why. And everybody around you is like, yeah, two plus two equals four, and four plus four equals eight, and four times four equals sixteen. Oh my god, and then sixteen times six, and then they this continue to to understand these basic concepts that seem like two plus two and black and white, and this equals that, and this is whatever. But you yourself can't figure out how to get the simple thing done. And it hurt and it hurts. It hurts. It, it, and it leads somebody into a dark place where they think that literally just existing is something that they can't handle. So why do it at all? I can't. I can't figure out what two plus two is. So why why even try? I'm just going to leave it. And that was a a, a very interesting way of uh, explaining what I was feeling in comparison to other people. And that's a huge issue as well that I think feeds into a lot of mental health issues is the comparisons between my reality and somebody else's. And and i had to show compassion it took so long though <laughs> it took months for me to show compassion within myself because i had to experience that like i had to go through it i only was able to show compassion within myself because i was i reflected on my year i reflected on the the grievances that i experienced so my hopes with this podcast is through me being transparent and honest and vulnerable about my thoughts and my experiences. <laughs> it was Benji and his scratching posts. <laughs> um I don't want this podcast to be something that I am going to pick and choose what I will say and what I won't say because of because of I don't want to be politically correct or not in you know, or incorrect or trying to be PC or whatever. This is a place of of honesty, and I want to encourage people to have that same foundation and kind of that taking off point when they lead into things. Or excuse me, when you lead into things in your own life of being just unapologetically you and existing in this world by being you which is a form of rebellion in 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 this time i mean it always has been really but now because the way it is the the, the things we have access to and what we are able to say leaves so much room and opportunity to fully and Develop yourself in yourself and in your genuine, true soul in person. And I encourage everyone to trek forth unapologetically and to make choices that we feel, that you feel, that I feel, that us feel for ourselves that benefit us and not in a selfish way, just things that we need. And when it's time to say no, say no. When it's time to say yes, say yes. When it's time to say, I don't know, say I don't know. But with as shitty of a year, it has been. I would like to think it can only go up from here. And as long as we surround ourselves with a good support system, you know our soul tribe, people who genuinely love us for who we are. Who we we love them for who they are. Um, we can get through this. We will get through this. And I know this because it it took me a very long time for me to even say the words "I will get through this," or "I know I can get through this." And I promise you, I promise you. It's one of the things I know for sure. If I can say those words, so can you. So that concludes the first episode. Thank you so much for sticking it out with me. Um, It means the world and all other worlds (laughs) to me. I hope you find peace and love and joy. Until next time.